back to the Whatnots Reactor Core number 40. This week, we are talking all about The Suicide Squad, the brand new movie uh, that debuted in theaters and on HBO Max. Uh, it, the, the, the new DC Comics movie by James Gunn. We are excited to talk about it and dive in. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Hi. And Ignacio Rojas. Hey. Hey, 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 indeed. Melissa, how are you? How has how is, how is your week been so far? I, it's been doing fine. It's, it's busy. It, I'm, I'm tired, but I'm eager to talk about this film. Yes, it's, it's, it's going to be a busy week for me, too. Uh, but I, I mentioned right before we started recording, I just bought those uh, Cool Ranch Doritos flavored Lay's <laughs> chips that we had on yes. the captain's log. Surprisingly good. Yeah. Surprisingly good stuff. Uh, a, a little bit more subtle than I was expecting, but I think I like that. Yeah, you can really put them away. It's a dangerous bag of chips to buy for yourself <laughs> as a single person. Indeed, indeed. Ignacio, what have you Yo. been up to this week? Not much. A couple of classes since I'm back now to school. Uh, uh, other than that, school sticks. Being chilling. Uh, yeah, like I said, I ha I've only had a couple of classes. But not that much. There you go. Back in school. Sounds about right. I think school for us still doesn't really start until after Labor Day in September. So oh. still have a little bit of, uh, mm. well, yeah, is, is that right? No, it, it must be like the week or two before, I think. Yeah. It's usually when colleges are on here. I don't know. I don't, I, I, I work for the university, <laughs> but not in like a teaching capacity capacity or like student facing so i never know what the students are up to uh, <laughs> oh well uh i am back i i was on vacation for a couple yeah. weeks uh i was not on the captain's log or the review show all that stuff until this past weekend uh i still have not made it on to crossplay yet because gino didn't want me on the show uh yeah. so have some words with him next time I see him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we are here to talk about the Suicide Squad. Uh, so here's a couple facts, some facts oh. for you. Uh, domestically, this movie made just above 26 million uh, in its opening weekend. Internationally, it made just above 45 million. That's which only brings it box office right yes this is only box office stuff um and that means worldwide it made about 71.4 million worldwide uh, and yeah I'm, I'm i'm not sure exactly how the hbo max thing works is if, if yeah. they are paying for these movies to be on because oh, yeah, you know because that warner brothers is releasing their entire yeah, slate of movies this year on. It isn't a uh, Disney Plus deal where for Disney Plus mm -hmm. for Black Widow you had to pay extra. Right. It isn't like that. Yes, you don't. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's interesting. There, I'm assu assuming there was some money exchanging hands somewhere along the way. Uh, well, but it, it I, is HBO, so 
kind of unclear. Um, it is HBO's deal. No, but what it is Warner. Mm. So it, it doesn't their, have their to be thing. any money exchange. It is all Warner. Yeah. Indeed. But uh, I, 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 I guess I'm thinking more of like the revenue that they make from subscriptions is like a part yeah. of that going towards the the like making the movie or the yeah the, depends on how know. they count them yeah exactly um so so yeah it it hasn't done terribly well in terms of box office stuff um mm -hmm. however the it it was the second most valued premiere movie on hbo max according to Ooh. one of its executives thank you uh the top spot is supposedly held by mortal Kombat, but they haven't released oh. exact numbers yet huh. um yeah so it it has it has done well on hbo max for the numbers that they've been getting with that stuff um however this is also the second lowest uh, 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 the second lowest uh, opening weekend of a DC film. Uh, Wonder Woman eighty four was uh, the only <laughs> one that was lower. Well, I was wondering, wait, which other, which movie is that? But so that was number one, considering this one was on weekend. Yeah, Wonder Woman. Wonder uh, Woman did not do so hot. So, <laughs> oh uh, well, the, the, the well, one... those are the ones that have been released. Yeah, to, you know, when people are trying to stay home. I don't yeah, think it's correct. a reflection yes. on her and her friends. Uh, I will say that the one above that is Birds of Prey uh, that did, did that. So um, that's that, I, I guess was the third one. Yeah, that one didn't have a great opening, but it was so good. It so was. Good. And it, that so. was also like a mid-February movie. So I think it's. Theatrical run got cut short a couple weeks kind by of, the, yeah. the lockdown in March. Oh, yeah. I don't hold yeah. it against any of these but, movies. They all did still, fine. This is for opening, isn't it? Opening, yep. Yeah, so it would have still had it. It's full opening. Yeah. yeah. So, some interesting stuff. I, I, I think we can all agree, despite wherever the numbers might land, I think this was a, a wonderfully fun film. Yep. I think you guys should yeah. all go check it out. I think we're pretty much going to have mainly positive things to say on, on, on this. Um, mm -hmm. So go, go check it out if you have not yet, because we are about to get into spoilers uh and do all of that stuff uh but i guess just just first just what what were your guys's general thoughts um melissa let's let's start with with you i had a really fun time this was the first big tentpole movie i was super looking forward to that i watched at home there have been other movies i watched at home that i was excited for i look forward to the wonder woman 84 or Artemis Fowl last year. <laughs> but for this one, like Jack came over, yep. we had popcorn, we had like Sonic slushies, we cool. had like a movie night, and it felt very special. And it was a great circumstance under which to watch this movie, which was so much fun. And yeah, exactly what you think it's going to be. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Ignacio, what about you? G general thoughts? Uh, general thoughts, it is probably one of the 
best, if not the best, DCEU movie that they've had. Not that there is much of a competition, but I think that it, it does help that it is coming from James Gunn, mm-hmm. who, of course, made Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, which are great movies. So mm-hmm. it does help that the, he was involved because I think he, he didn't only direct, but he also wrote the movie. So he did. It does, of course, of course help that it is that. And for my experience, it was my second movie coming back to theaters after the long hiatus. And it was the one that if that movie did feel like I'm back, we're back, the world is healing. It yeah. is totally coming back to normal. And so that for sure helped my experience. But it is, it was a great movie. It was a lot of fun. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I, I, I watched this at home in the comfort of my own bed uh i i yeah i i i had a blast watching this i think i agree with you ignacio that this has to be their best if not like right up there at the top um and i i I think i would put birds of prey like just slightly below it um wow yeah yeah like i i really really enjoyed birds of prey that was a lot it was a fine movie Mm -hmm. um but i still think that this one is way better. it is the, 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 yeah they're they're both really good, good good um but this is absolutely a huge improvement from the first <laughs> one probably which i like to call hot topic the movie um which uh yeah that was an experience uh to go see in theaters for sure, but yeah, I I ador- adored this. I laughed. Uh, I, I I thought this was a lot of fun. It was just as violent and gory as I was expecting and wanting it to be. Um, though I do have to say, I kind of was expecting more people to die. Um, more? Oh, yes. Yeah, you, you wanted more. <laughs> I wanted more death. <laughs> uh, we, 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 we did get a lot, but I wanted more. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I highly recommend this. I think this is a great example of someone using the Suicide Squad correctly. Uh, mm. That is probably one of my biggest pet peeves about the first movie, as well as uh, some of the comics, is that it there it's not necessarily d- difficult to write them but they do have to be used for a very specific purpose and i don't think that first movie really hit that cuz it was a world ending threat and it was like okay if the world's going to end and you're going to tell me that superman doesn't show up or that the flash doesn't <laughs> show up yeah. like that doesn't make sense um and this felt more <clears throat> along the lines of okay they're doing something that no hero would go do because of the nature yeah. of what they're doing. It what they're doing might be good, might not be good. We don't know exactly. Um, and yeah, they they operate in this gray space, right? That's just like I don't really know. But yeah, it was good. I had a, bl- a blast, a blast, a blast, a blast indeed. Um. So here's what's going to happen. Um, we are going to break for housekeeping uh, really quickly. Um, and when we come back, 
we are going to kind of go through the movie with all spoilers and talk about what we liked and didn't like and all that stuff. I'm going to play very fast and loose with the recap stuff, so I'm not going to go like beat by beat uh, with all of the, 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 that, but uh, just some of the bigger, bigger plot points there. Uh, so that is what we will do when we come back right after this. We put a lot of hard work into the shows that we make, and yes, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots, and we'd love it if you would check them all out. You can find out more information on our website at thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. If you want to support what we do here at The Whatnots, patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to do that. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all kinds of exclusive content at the $3 tier. You can also get a shout out and thank you on all of our shows at the $5 tier. You can support us on Twitch by subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv slash the whatnots. And we would love to have you all join us for our live streams and talk with us in the chat. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug or something else, go to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. Okay. We are back. I'm 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 going to hit the uh, spoiler button that we normally do on our review show stuff. So here we go. Bam! we are in spoilers. Spoiler mode activated from here on out. Uh, well, let's jump right in. Sure. Jump right in. So uh, right off the bat, one of the first things that I love about this film is that it, it just gets you right into the action very yeah. fast. Um, we l basically learn that Amanda Waller is sending her task force X team, uh, which is the Suicide Squad, into Corto Maltese to infiltrate and destroy this building called Jotunheim. Um, mm. And there's some project that has been happening there, project some science project. stuff. Uh, yeah, Project Starfish uh, that she wants to kind of bury and destroy. Uh, and so she sends in the Suicide Squad, which is led by Rick Flagg, uh, and their team gets to the BBH, and all hell breaks loose. This is where the death starts, uh, which is like, <laughs> like the first like 10, 15 minutes of the film. So Ignacio, uh, let's talk about the start of the of the film how how did you like the the like just right away everyone dies <laughs> yeah i wasn't expecting that of course i i think that if you're going to do suicide squad you have to kill someone at some point like someone's going rogue and you have to show that there's actually state as to why they have to do it because if not they a mother will, will kill them i wasn't expecting them to because they had so many people assembled to make this one team, yeah. and they just killed the whole team. <laughs> I was except for Rick that. Flag and Harley, they they yeah they killed them all. They, they did of eventually course, weasel. Of course, they couldn't kill them, but it turns out that 
all these people that were that felt like random characters were indeed like the sleep knot of the movie, which is they do not matter. <laughs> they are just there to die. Yeah, which is strange because all the like advertising and stuff was was like yeah. Pete Davidson as whatever Pete, his name is, and this guy is that guy. Nathan Fillion. We have Pete Davidson. We have Nathan Fillion. We have Flula. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, I I really admire the audacity. I was kind of hoping to see slightly more of them. Like, no, I want to see what Mongal really does. Let me see her right. in action. But a good choice, a good opening choice. Yeah, I had been watching. I'd seen one or two like new rock stars breakdowns of the trailers. And they said, OK, if you look at the clips that we have just in the trailers and who's in them, it looks like the Suicide Squad will be divided into two teams. Looks like we have an A team and a B team. So we see characters with some other characters and never with these other guys. Uh, and I thought it might have been like, we send one team in, it doesn't go well, and we send the second team in to get all of them out or most of them out. I wasn't expecting all but two, uh, just two of them. Just go help Rick and, and Harley. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to yeah. see these two teams like slowly converge towards each other no, on like this little island. They were just. Mm -hmm. I liked it, yeah. though, and I really liked the opening credit scene after that set to the song, These Are People Who Died. Yeah. <laughs> These are people who died, died. <laughs> it was great. Um, yeah, that, that, that I think was unexpected. Like, I, I was expecting that carnage to be throughout the entire film. Like, that, like, I was like, oh, we'll get Bloodsport and we'll get Peacemaker along the way, but I don't know exactly yeah. how they come in yet and so i was like okay this is the the team that we're with and we're gonna do all of that that that, that stuff and nope they all just get killed immediately in mm -hmm. the most ridiculous passion and that is what we learn is that they were meant to be the distraction which yeah. i know amanda waller is meant to be like a hard line b word just like she she <laughs> will do she will do what she needs to do to get her stuff. And she absolutely was in this film, which was phenomenal. Mm. Um, but to send Rick Flag, like to send his team in as the distraction, that's ballsy. That 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 is like, well, Rick, you <clears throat> could have been killed, too. <laughs> um, uh, she can. I was not expecting that. Yeah, I think that the uh, weasel scene. When he just drowns, start drowning. I think that that does a great job of of uh, establishing the tone of the movie. Like yeah. it is gonna be, it is gonna be funny, and also people are gonna die. Yeah, yeah. Did Did anyone see if he could swim? I checked out that he could swim. I also want to say I love TDK. I love that. Uh, number one, he's drinking a pip. Excellent yeah. choice. Love to see some Pib representation in entertainment. I like that his arms just pop off like he's a, a plastic toy and they just sort of float over to those enemy guys and just sort of slap Wait. at him. Like his arms come <laughs> off, but that's as cool as it gets. Besides the fact right. that they're away from his body, the arms are not cool. What's his they're name? The, like the detachable punches. Kid? The detachable yeah. kid. One of my, one of my favorite jokes of the movie was with TDK. It was, I think it was him and Pete Davidson. He keeps asking for, oh, what's your name, TDK? 
that's not a name. That's just letter. Every name is just letters. Yeah. I, lo- I love when Blackguard looks over at Weasel and says completely legitimately, Yo, is this a dog? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen every dog. <laughs> it's it's great yeah like it's it's moments like that that when they died i i was just like i i kind of wanted to see more of them like yeah. i i mm. didn't necessarily like fall in love with those characters yes. but it was so abrupt that i was just like oh like i i don't get anything with these gay guys they're just gone <laughs> i don't know Why? i think that they were they were just use the right amount of time because I feel like his character and TDK and Flula, I think that those were perfect for just a couple of moments and that's it. I don't think that they were interesting yeah. enough to keep going with them mm-hmm. as team, more of them. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think they made the right move. And by, also, by I wasn't expecting them off. to kill Michael Brooker, his character. Yeah! Because they kind of make a point of showing him. The movie starts with him. So I, I wasn't expecting for them to actually kill him. Uh, so once we learn that Rick Flagg's team is the diversion, uh, we kind of go back in time uh, and we get introduced to Bloodsport and Peacemaker. Uh, and they... This is where I think Amanda Waller really shines in this scene, like the the introduction with with them, because um, Amanda Waller does like to get her way and blackmail her her way into uh, getting people on the team, uh, but usually she does that by j- 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 just implanting the bomb in the, in their head. Like, hey, if if you want to get out of here quicker. You can mm. go do this mission, and if you survive, you know we'll l- l- let you out. Um, and Bloodsport, Bloodsport, who is played by Idris Elba, who they just announced is playing Knuckles in Sonic Two. That's a choice. Um, <laughs> you know, Ben Schwartz and Idris Elba, the classic two-hander combination. Yeah. Exactly. Um, he he wants nothing to do with the team. Mm. He's just like, no, I, I don't want this. Uh, and Amanda Waller kind of blackmails him by being like, look, I can get to your, ki- your kid and I, I will threaten if not just kill your kid if you don't do this thing uh and yeah that was an intense scene another good scene him and his daughter like you because he he is it kind of feels like he was kind of a like meant to replace will smith and dead shot and so i think that with that notion coming in before i think that that scene with him and his daughter does such a great job of differentiating them because that just whole thing was that uh, he cared for his daughter and he's doing it for his daughter. But then you have the, the end, it was so the sweet. Scene. Yeah. Yeah. At the, I mean, at, at the end, he uh, eventually does that too because he's not that bad of a parent. But that scene with them and you hear the daughter comes clean and that she stole something and he is just <laughs> mad that he she got caught and that it was because of. 
the like a watch and what does it yeah. do you, you can watch tv you can do that with your phone it does more things like that <laughs> yeah i mean it's 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 an interesting scene too because everyone really likes idris alba as an actor mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. to see him be in a scene where just immediately you're just like this guy's a dick like this guy's <laughs> an awful father uh is is again kind of a bold move where he just he is pissed at his daughter for some stupid little small thing um and or, or at, at least for the wrong thing that he should be yeah. pissed off at her for but like yeah it's just it's it's interesting that like this is one of the first major scenes we see him in and he's just like we're just like oh this guy's not a good guy so um there you go but uh amanda waller ends up describing uh blood sport in a very specific way he was raised by his father who was a soldier and they taught him to yeah. do this that and the other uh and then when uh he when she finally has blood sport on the team and is like okay let's go get peacemaker she describes peacemaker in the exact <laughs> same way he was raised yeah. by his father who was in the military who did x y and z and you know uh, and that that was a very good good joke <laughs> that they had mm -hmm. had there. Um, what did you guys think of the kind of rivalry between Bloodsport and Peacemaker? You guys have thoughts on how how they played out? It, I liked it. I liked that Peacemaker's goal was to maintain peace no matter what the cost is like not even necessarily justice just like i am here to keep the world at large calm <laughs> so even if there's yeah. some terrible injustice like i have to hide it just so that people don't like lose their minds to know that this was real or something like that i liked how specific his goal was and how specific his creed mm -hmm. was well, the one line that that uh, tells you who his character is that it best exemplifies it is, "I I love peace so much. I'm I'm willing to kill every man, woman, and child." Yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so they they we we end up seeing these two teams. We we, we see bloodsport leading this second team into the jungle but as shit goes wrong for that first team rick flag gets captured harley gets captured um all that stuff so they have to go save rick flag uh and they do and they have this great scene where bloodsport and uh and peacemaker are trying to one-up each other by killing people in all oh, these different yeah. ways and they wipe out this whole in encampment uh and then they 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 find rick flag and he's fine he's chilling he's sitting <laughs> tea with someone there and he's just like oh hey guys why are you here and they're like we were told to come save you and then and then the the people that they thought uh mm. they were saving him from turns out to be just like local rebels who saved him yeah uh and yeah. how come my guys didn't tell me that you came in how come my guys didn't tell you you came in um we didn't see them 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. I, wa- I want to go back to one of my favorite jokes, which is when uh, Amanda's assembling the whole team. She's got a blood sport. Blood sport? Yes. Yeah, blood it's sport. like blood sport, blood shot, dead shot, dead pool. Like, there's too many names like that. She's got Idris Elba. She's got Peacemaker. Really she's is. got Rat Catcher 2, my princess. She's got all of them in that room when making him watch the, the slideshow. <laughs> She's telling him about Operation Starfish. And John Cena says with this perfect, like, dead serious line reading, you know, starfish is a street term for butthole. Do you think these things could be related? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> they just, like, it's, it's stuff like that. It's, it's that and the, like, is this a dog? Like it's it's, it's lines <laughs> yeah. like that. Like it's not even necessarily like funny like jokes that they're doing. Yeah, but it's just the straight laced delivery of, of exactly some of this the stuff. fact that it's just like oh my in, god. <laughs> in these people's heads, what they're saying could be completely real. As far as Peacemaker knows, maybe this is a butthole related secret government project. Blackguard yeah. has not Probing. seen every yeah. dog. These are yeah. real to them. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, I liked their dynamic. I liked the, the kind of rivalry between them. Um, and that ends up later on in the film kind of being one of the, like, points of tension, uh, which we'll, we'll get to in a bit here. But um, so they end up rescuing Rick Flagg. Uh, then the the movie kind of switches over to Harley. Um, yeah. And, and the opening scene ended up grabbing this giant staff that Doubling. one of the characters ha- had, and just like I, the I don't javelin, know why. Javelin. Yeah, javelin. Right, javelin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he was like, like he was about to say, like you, you are the only one who can hold this staff because. And then that's when he d- d- no, dies. No, it's I and- want you to carry this for, and you imagine he's saying, carry this for me. I am about to die. Here I die in the middle of the sentence. And she doesn't get it. And she's like, carry it for who? For what? For Why? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she, she just has this spear for like most of the movie. Excellent oh, choice. Just like, I, I don't know why I have this, but I do. <laughs> um, but she ends up. In a weird turn of events, uh, like the people of Corto Maltese kind of idolize her as this like rebel who sticks it to the American government and all all sorts of stuff. So they they kind of treat her as royalty. Um, mm-hmm. And the the leader of the country is this younger uh, guy who wants to shoot himself up in the approval writings of his people so he's like hey marry me and she's just like you know what you're hot why not (laughs) yeah Uh, Yeah. I want to give a shout out to the movie because it actually used people that actually speak Spanish (laughs) and they actually committed to speaking Spanish also, uh, one thing that I want to point out is that I, I, I don't think you, you guys would ever catch out on to this, but it is a bit clear through the accents and the words used in the movie that it is kind of based on Argentina because oh, all these people have, have Argentinian accents. The president himself had a 
uh, an Argentinian accent. It's that the the officers use Argentinian kind of words, and also it is uh, the one detail where they said that the Nazis built that thing because they were fled. Uh, mm-hmm. They fled from World War Two. That's something that happened in Argentina. Nazis fled to Argentina. So shout out to that. So that then community, it is kind of like Argentina. Even though one of the things that did bother me is that they said, where did they say that it was located? The island? Corto it's, I don't think it's, it's I don't think no, it's, it's where it's located. Where it's located. I, Set like an island just off of South America. I don't remember which South America's side big, they though. On the coast of South America. <laughs> South America has both oceans. It, it oh, has to. Of South America yeah. doesn't say anything. No, that's one of my small nitpicks. But I don't know. Maybe it was like something too. that like flip flop back and forth around in like DC Comics history because this is apparently a no, pre-existing yeah. place it in DC Com- Comics. Like it's brought also, up in like the 1989 Batman movie. Also, but geographically, the the uh, both the buildings and the actual. Uh, Trees and whatever, uh, I forgot the word. All that isn't Argentina at all. It is more of a Central America. It is more of an al- amalgamation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, Corto Maltese is a fictional place where in the co- comics is maybe closer to Cuba. In, yeah, in, in, it in is. In terms of like what you would think the place is. Um, like geographically, but, it, but yeah. it was more like Cuban uh, and also diversity of. Uh, People diversity was more of a around there. Yeah. So interesting stuff with that. Thanks for pointing that stuff out. Yeah. Very valuable perspective. I'm looking at a map of South America. Argentina is way bigger than I thought it was. Uh, Carry on. (laughs) I know Brazil (laughs) is very large and Chile is real long and skinny, but I didn't know what any of the other ones were shaped like. There's a lot of Argentina. Is um, yeah, so Harley is like, Yeah, sure, why not? I'll marry you. Um, but then I, I, I don't remember what it is exactly he says, but he says something, and he, she's just like, ah, No, shit, he said, Gotta murder you now. He starts talking about this story of Jodenheim, how again the Nazis came in and built it, and how it was used by the leaders, the previous leaders, as a place to send their. People that oppose them, the press and their families and even their children. And so he said that now that he's in power, he's going to do the same thing, even with children. And mm-hmm. that's the one thing that she she shoots him and says, hey, since my last breakup, I told myself that I had to be on the lookout for red flags and killing kids. I'm pretty sure it is a red flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. And then you and I know you say, Carly, why? Why would you shoot me? And I would say, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> yeah and her I'm code right is not just <laughs> yeah it's not just if i see a red flag i'm out it's like well you have to die like that's how yeah. big her red flags are they are they are worth death yeah yeah um so he he gets murdered she goes on well she tries to go on the run but she then gets captured again uh and then we get a a, a scene Basically, the next day where Harley is being tortured, uh, there, there's a, a, a neat scene where the torturer guy is, t- is 
responding to someone in text who's like, hey, what are you doing? And he replies in all emojis that's like, we've, we have a woman, we're electric we're electrocuting her and it brings me joy <laughs> like it, yeah. it's like smiley faces and lightning bolts and stuff like that it's wild mm. uh but harley escapes what did you guys think of her escape scene this is the highlight of the movie for me this is the best part it reminded me a lot of the scene in guardians 2 where yondu is breaking out it Killing all his mutineers there in the ship, the come a little bit closer scene. This felt like yeah. the spiritual successor to that, where it's like, okay, Melissa, we've taken a song from your childhood specifically. Was I provided the song just a gigolo at perhaps too young an age? Sure. But it was a song I remember hearing a lot. My dad had like a who, best who, of Louis who, Prima CD. I was going to say, like, who did this? To you, Melissa, it was like, here, Melissa, I think you'd like this song. <laughs> just a no, it was an, it was just an entire best of. There were like 25 songs on there. I'd hop around. I, I remember listening to this CD on my own, even when my dad wasn't around. I don't know. The eight year old me could, could work with Louis Prima. But it's again, just like come a little bit closer. It's like we're going to take this song that you heard a million times as a kid have never really thought about in your adult life. And we're going to set this incredible, dynamic, vivid, visceral action scene yeah. to that song. Visceral, but yeah. colorful. Yeah, colorful. yeah. I like that when she's in the zone, she starts seeing like all these flowers, and, like little cartoon birds flying around her. It felt a lot like Birds of Prey. I think that was a very neat way to tie these two movies together with like that continuity of character while still having both films feel completely different with like completely different styles and objectives and i love that later when she gets out of there one of the doors is open and you can still see inside to that mansion and the cartoon flowers are like still flying around it exists but (laughs) it's not in her eyesight which is a very interesting touch it i i kind of read that seen not, not not at first but just the the like n- n- now that i've thought about about it because it's the one scene in in this that is so entirely different that it stands out of just like oh they like they put all these hand jaron flowers and birds and stuff on there and it's bright and it's colorful all that stuff i'm wondering if that's actually how that fight went down like, sure, she beat them all up and did all that stuff. But, like, is this something that she sees in her head? Is this how she sees it? Like, how she sees that that fight scene in her head when, in reality, it was uh, maybe she's not as good with that staff or did not do that, like, running mm. wall kick thing. Yeah. She still beat them up, but, like, might not be the same thing. So I, I thought there might be some some neat, like, playing with reality there. Mm-hmm. I thought that, that was neat. And if we get to see Harley Quinn more down the road, I think that'd be a neat yeah. way to play with the like whimsical nature of her character um, and, and stuff like that. So would be fun to see more of down the road. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff. Um, 
Let's go back a bit, because while Harley is escaping and all of that stuff, we are kind of introduced uh, to some more of the team, namely Ratcatcher. <sighs> Melissa. Ratcatcher. <laughs> yes, Ratcatcher Ratcatcher 2. Another joke that I love. What, you kidding off with Ratcatcher 1? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I uh, who Melissa. would have thought that the Thoughts emotional core of this movie would be a character named Ratcatcher 2. She's wonderful. Did not expect it. She's so sweet. I love that she's so much younger than everybody else on the team and she's just like this young lady who just likes to sleep. <laughs> but she's not a brat. She's like got a lot of heart. She's very caring. She wants to be friends with these people. If she's stuck in these circumstances with them, she tries to believe the best in them. She loves her rats. She recognizes the power of rats and saves the day with rats. <laughs> um, yeah, she's also the one that kind of calmed uh, King Sh Shark. Well, how did you say his, his actual name? Nanawe? I think Nanawe. so. Yeah. Nanawe. Yeah, I'm, I'm just so used to calling him king shark in the comics and st and stuff like that but uh yeah nanawe is <clears throat> hungry and tr tr tries to eat rat catcher too uh and love, and right, she I, ends I, I up yeah <laughs> he, he's god king king shark great and, character and what makes it better is that he's voiced by sylvester Stallone. yeah that makes yeah. It so much better Num nums, <laughs> <laughs> and I know Runs. Steve Agee did the like on set the mo not mocap but like stand in. No, Steve Agee's yeah. huge; he's such a tall guy. So I thought, oh, he would be. He's got a wonderful voice too. I'm like, his voice would be hysterical coming out of a big shark man. Yeah. And I was a little disappointed when I heard just that it wasn't going to be him. But Sylvester Stallone is an excellent choice to be a king shark. He turns in a great performance. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the actor that did the 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 stand-in performance for him uh, is the the guy that is on Amanda's t team uh, that is like behind the computers oh. and stuff like that. The, the like big big guy. That was him. Um. So yeah, I I really enjoyed Ratcatcher too. Uh, I almost didn't recognize Taika Waititi until yeah. later on yeah. in the film. There, uh, I yeah, I I loved the 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 whole moment with with him in the hair of like, hey, like no one likes these rats, and yet they still have a purpose. And if they have that, then so do we. And it's just it's like, yeah. oh, this is this little yeah, heartwarming it's, moment. You it's know? so. It's so sweet, and I love that that is when it comes in. I think this movie is edited together very well for as many different little uh, character journeys and, and, and time periods it goes to. The fact that that scene is saved for the very end when she's calling upon all the rats is an excellent choice. Who would have thought that the most emotional scene would have been them with rats talking about rats? Wild. Wow, because yeah. I I'm I'm probably more like Bloodsport than just like ah, oh my god it's a rat I hate these these are gross I don't like them. 
Uh, I got to show this movie to my roommate. She she doesn't care about DC at all, but she's got she's had several pet mice. And I feel like she would appreciate uh, seeing a fellow like rodent girl representing her up on screen. Exactly. Exactly. Also, um, since we are in that scene, another one of my favorite jokes of the of the movie, of course, when they all uh, get woken up uh, with King King Chart about to eat bad catcher and they corner him. Of course, Peacemaker John Cena had to be only in his underwear. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what calls it out. I said, you're only in the whitey tighties. And, and Peacemaker says, whoa, oh, whoa, that's racist. <laughs> Such a dumb movie. I love it. It's, it's great. <laughs> we had to talk about Polka Dot Man. Yeah. There you go. Polka Dot Man. What a star. What great inclusion. What <laughs> <Poor> sad star. <laughs> I think this was my favorite character of the whole bunch. Yeah. It it was I just god the the whole thing is like he's he's quiet. He doesn't say much. And so when when Bloodsport and and Peacemaker are saying stupid stuff and measuring dicks and all that stuff, they like rat catcher kind of looks to him and I think says something and he's like, no, I'm the crazy one. I thought you were the crazy one. I am. He's like, I am the crazy one. But yeah, he has... He, it seems like he's going to be one of the throwaway characters that dies really yeah. early on in the f- film. He has a great moment um, by the end end of, the, of, of this film. He has his suit with all the p- 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 polka dots, but we learn that he's infected by this uh, like extra, extraterrestrial virus that yeah. makes these like big bumps and stuff go. Gr- grow on them and he has to expel Oof. them i think twice a day is what he yeah. said yeah, so so specific and clinical yeah he just has to expel dots he either vomits them up or he can like shoot them off of his skin and then they act as these like little corrosive bombs basically yeah yeah mm-hmm. um and he he's apparently killed a bunch of people because they ask him about like a Hailing, and he's like, it's not that difficult when I just imagine that everyone is my mom. Uh, <laughs> and this, I think, was like my favorite joke of the whole yes. film. Because uh, that that line where he mentions that it, it, it's not throwaway, but it's it's one of those things where it's like, OK, yeah, that's a horrific thing. I, I guess that's yeah, okay. why he you're has in, problems. In, in jail. Problems. Yeah. Yeah, you you have a problem indeed. Um, but but then yeah, when we we see him killing people, we see stand-ins of like of his mom. <laughs> just well, there, no, and it is great when when the team calls him out and he he tells them, "Oh, I see my mom everywhere." Right? <laughs> they yeah. just show everyone as his mom. Yeah, yeah King Shark is, is his mom. Rick Flag is his mom, so it's Rick Flag with this like sixty-five-year-old woman's head and like big hips. It's great. I love it. I love it. It was it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that that that's the uh, that's basically the rest of the team. They go and try and rescue Harley, but she escapes on her own. They finally make it to Jotunheim. Um, 
the team sp splits up. One goes down below. Oh, I, I guess bef bef before we get there, I should mention to help get them into Jotunheim, uh, they have to rendezvous with the like main yeah. scientist uh, who is known as The Thinker, played by Peter Capaldi. Uh, mm. They kidnap that him. They Doctor try Who, to... right? He yes. was, I believe. Well, was that yeah. Doctor Who, right? Yeah. Um, and they kidnap him at this nightclub uh, that's there. They have some great scenes there at the nightclub where uh, mm. where uh, Polka Dot Man is d -d 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 dancing there with all his his mom around him. <laughs> there, it was a wild. <laughs> They're all disguised, and King Shark is like, I'll wear a disguise, too. And they were like, what do Big you mustache? think you're going to wear where they won't notice you? He's like, fake mustache. Yeah, when everyone's having fun he's, and they just got to him. And, uh, he's, he's, so in, he's so endearing. He's, a, he's, a, uh, he's so pure. Yeah, yeah, like there's a sweetness to him, even when you know he is also a bloodthirsty monster. And the scene... Where he gets to that aquarium where it's all these other fish, and he like, this is the first other like sentient sea life that he's encountered. He bonds with these fish. He's like playing a little game with them, and then of course you they break out the friends. glass. They they like suck on it. You know, they, they they pierce him. They're like painful little sucker fish. But for a moment, it was, it was very sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, so the scientist helps them get into Jotunheim. They split into two teams. One goes up and starts planting bombs and stuff to bring the whole place down. One team goes below to uh, destroy all the hard drives and stuff of uh, Project Starfish. Uh, but once that t team gets down below, they finally understand what Project Starfish it it is. Um, it is. Starro! Uh, it is this giant starfish-like creature uh, that the U.S. astronauts found in space. Uh, they brought him in, they kidnapped him, started experimenting on, 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 on him. Uh, but what we learn is that, of course, the United States government did not want those experiments and all that stuff happening within the United States. Uh, because Starro has the power to, like, create smaller versions of himself, and those things yeah. will attach to your face, and he has the power of mind control. He, they just shoot out of, like, his armpits. It's, yeah. it's unnerving. Yeah. They, they showed earlier in the movie how, I don't know if it, it was when, when Harley was talking to the new president, but they showed how they found Starro, and I, I found it so weird that so astronauts found him, but somehow it got to these two cortometers, and that I, I thought it was weird. But uh, then, of course, they explained that it, yeah, it makes sense because the United States found them, and they didn't want him in their mm -hmm. own soil. So where did he send them? Third world country. Yep, some place that might be a little shady to a lot of yeah. people. But um. Yeah, so uh, they the experiments were happening here in Corto Maltese. They're exper experimenting with mind control and stuff like that. And we see some real horrifying stuff in that. Oh lab. yeah, People oh the who, guy uh, who's just a have, torso. 
yeah, like half of his body missing, all of that stuff. The one with the like the the thing like ripped off his his face. You can see the like musculature in in his face and stuff. Disgusting stuff. Um, mm. And uh, they they end up realizing that the the mission is not to destroy this building per se but it it is to cover up the fact that the united states was involved period yeah mm. to me here it is where it finally makes sense why it is the suicide squad doing it and exactly. why not yeah like superman or the flash or whoever because of course if it was a superhero they would have wanted to kill Sarah and of course show everyone what happened but they are going to employ bad people because they're going to do something that's bad, which is cover up what happened. Exactly. So there it makes sense as to why it is the Suicide Squad. Exactly. I mean, it, it would make sense for them to be like, hey, we need to go blow up this building. And Superman just to be like, yeah, no, thank you. Like, I yeah. got better things to go do. So it still makes sense that they're there, but it's real thin. Right. And, mm. so, and so, so it is like once they learn this extra detail that it's not about just destroying this building, it's about hiding the United States's involvement in in these horrifying experiments. Then it's just like, ah, yes, they they nailed it. This is this is what the Suicide Squad should be like. This is the mm-hmm. kind of stuff that they need to be doing. Um not these like big world ending stuff. They might have to yeah. deal with something like Starro from time to t- <laughs> time. They are supposed to be a black ops team, but since it is criminals that mm-hmm. comprise the team, the United States can just be like, yeah, we've never heard of them. Yeah. I don't know. We can just leave them there. Um, but, but yeah, I, th- that was incredibly satisfying to me. Um, because I've I I really enjoy the post-crisis uh comics of of the Suicide Squad, which is the the run on the comics that made them what they are, that made them what we know them as now, and that run really nailed all of that stuff. Um, whereas more modern runs sometimes have issue with that and still try and do the like it's a world. Ending threat. Send in the Suicide Squad because no one else will save the world. It's like, huh? That 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 doesn't make sense. But <laughs> good stuff there. Somewhere uh, so around bl- here is another scene I really like. Uh, we haven't talked much about what's going on over there at like uh, Suicide Squad HQ, where it's like Amanda Waller and yeah, dollar people behind the computers, Steve Agee and others, and she's continued. When Bloodsport, Idris Elba, <laughs> finds out about this whole secret and like they've got a tape, like they've got a tape that shows this proof and him and some of the other squad mates are like, we got to get this out to the people. They need to see what this is. We need to expose yeah. this. And it starts threatening him like, I, I could kill no, your it, daughter. I, 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 I could I could kill going, you guys with with like it the was them going the, to fight Starro. Yeah, yeah. right. That's it. Yes, yes, no, yes. Yeah, she's he's, like, he's using the information as, as leverage. Yeah, yeah. She's like, just let Starro tear the city apart. Like it's it's worth the damage for us. It's fine. But she's again, that's also screaming not at really them, yelling what the Suicide them. Squad 
does like they're not really there to like fight you know these these big extra things they're meant to be getting yeah. in and, and out oh. yeah she's screaming at them and threatening them she's got the briefcase opens with the with the buttons that could kill any of them and earlier in the movie we'd cut away and she's like practicing her golf swing because she's supposed to go play golf with some senator or something like later that week and she's screaming at the suicide squad and then just one of these other people behind a computer desk in this uh, operating facility just picks up the club and smacks her with it just knocks her unconscious like yeah. we can't deal with her anymore we don't, we don't trust the decision she's making we want this Wild. in our own hands like we're on the suicide squad's side with this yeah which uh, uh, Amanda Waller is absolutely someone you do not mess with. In oh, the, there it is. Yeah. There it I is. thought that was comics. So I thought that was tremendous that like just one of those techies in this HQ facility with her it's had the that. audacity to yeah. be like, I am taking yeah. Amanda Waller out. I don't care what the consequences are. We'll deal with that later. Yeah. I got to say that I didn't like Waller in this scene because she is losing control. I didn't like her. Mm-hmm. Turn the fuck around. How you fucking? I'm gonna yeah. fucking kill you. Do it. You listen to me. No, I didn't like her. She, to me, she should be more of a calm. Uh, the one calm reason why person. I liked it is because it shows how, how, how much she wants to be in control of all of this stuff, mm-hmm. but oftentimes really isn't. And and like it just like these yeah. guys can kind of go off and do what they want. All she has to do is hit the button to explode them. But like that's all she has. She has that button, and that's it. Um, which is kind of flimsy. Um, mm-hmm. if something goes wrong, or if something is j- j- jamming the signal, or if she gets knocked out, or yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. So I I liked I liked that they showed that. But yeah, you're right, Ignacio. Like I normally do picture her as this like much more calm like i know something you don't know and like i'm not showing you all of my my cards yeah type of character um but i i i just to me i thought that the scene worked oh but yeah the squad has the proof they're wanting to show it to the world and get, get out of, of there. And this is kind of where the t- t- tension between uh, Bloodsport and Peacemaker comes to a head. Uh, because Peacemaker ends up uh, murdering Rick Flag. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, which I, I was not expecting Rick Flag to die. So we did get that. Um, but yeah, that what like I have to say, I, I man, if if the HBO Max Peacemaker show was not being like, uh, I, I don't remember if he's writing them all or only directing them or something. But James Gunn is somehow also attached to I that. Think he's mm-hmm. Partly uh, directing, he's directing not some episodes, but right, yeah. If he wasn't attached to that. I don't really know if I'd be interested because I don't like him. I I don't like Peacemaker. He is a villain. I I think is a reductive mm-hmm. t- term, but like 
that is what he is. He's just not likable. And you're telling me you're going to make a whole sh- show that focuses on him? Uh, no thanks. I don't know. I don't know. All I'll say is that I love John Cena's Peacemaker. Yeah, it's he's, he's, he's entertaining to watch. Sure. He, it's an excellent performance. I yeah, he's Absolutely. not a great guy. Like I said, I kind of appreciate that he does have a code. He's not completely out for mm-hmm. himself. Like he's got some sort of benefit to the people that he holds himself to, even if it is like very limited in scope, very narrow minded. He's very destructive when he wants to attain that. He's got something in him that wants to do something for somebody uh, beyond like the cost to himself. You know, he's not like these other members of the Suicide Squad who yeah. are there exclusively because they're being threatened. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was I was surprised when he died because uh, I thought there was going to because I knew there was going to be a show. And then I thought, oh, OK, I guess it's a prequel. And then we do get the skipping ahead. But we get the post credit scene where he is alive. And I'm like, OK. It'll be a continuation of where he is now in this movie. That'll be interesting to see what the heck this character does after what's happened yeah. to him. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm iffy on the show, but he's not completely lost. I, 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 I don't mm. think, right? It's not like, I'm swearing off this show forever just because I don't like him. Uh, but it, it, it is just like, oh man, I really don't like this guy. He, he has an uphill ba- battle to fight yeah. with that. Um, but yeah, so then Bloodsport confronts him, uh, when, when the two teams finally meet after they blow up the building on all that stuff and Starro has finally escaped and he's just starting to rampage and Peacemaker and Bloodshot fire their guns at one another and there's a good callback to the using smaller, I I was about to do this and that is exactly yeah. the kind of thing that yeah, I should that's it. do when yeah. talking about the Suicide Squad, right? Um, <laughs> um, there's a nice callback to using the smaller bullets and stuff like that, and it nicks his his neck. Um, and then that's when the rest of the team goes out to fight. Starro, that's when Amanda Waller's like, no, you don't. Blah, 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 blah. Turn around right now. It's hit. All that stuff. And then they fight Starro. Uh, Starro has been unleashing all of these smaller starfish that has been mind controlling uh, a bunch of people. He gets basically all the military, all the local civilians, all that stuff. And there are these almost zombie-like uh, cr- not creatures but in the in the sense that it seems like it it like knocks them out and knocks yeah. them unconscious for a while and then they raise back up once it's all finally set in uh and starro can speak through them uh but yeah then then we see bloodsport really starting to act like a later and being like okay you go up there you go go over there and do this thing and i loved that scene i i i thought that was wonderful um and then man i have to say poke it up man's scene here was great this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole film uh because again he's picturing 
Starro as his mom. So we get big this like mom. 60 foot big mom. Yeah, just like smashing things. And it's great. It's wonderful. And he just starts shooting his dots and, and, and stuff like that. But he ends up biting the dust as well. Uh, and things aren't going so hot for the team, which is when Ratcatcher comes into play. Ratcatcher 2. Melissa, describe what happens. What happens here? She's got this like little wand that she pulls out and it can like call rats to her from a distance. She has like a, a beast master power, but for rats only. And she's they're fighting Starro in the middle of this city. And she's like, this city doesn't belong to you and it doesn't belong to us. It belongs to them and then calls up miles of rats, a swarm of rats. They can just all completely take over and devour Starro in like numbers alone. And yeah. Harley at this point has also figured out, I know why I was given this javelin. And you can see it coming. You see just like architecturally where she is in the city that, is like she's on Starro's eye level. Like we all know where this that, is going. That, that, that shot when she's like climbing up to the to top, yeah. top, top of that ledge was great as like Starro is off in the d -d -d distance, but the like roof has this like small narrow walkway that is just going out in the dead distance and you can see it like lift up at the at the end and you're just like, oh, she's she's going to run down, jump and stab him right in the eye. Um, it, it was a great shot there. Mm. So. Yeah, I and mean, she she stabs in the eye, and it's, he's got this like weird watery. I don't know what's inside an eye, but I thought it was less water than this and more like eye meat. But she stabs uh, into his eye, face. and she's yeah, yeah. The Starro's eyes don't work like our eyes, but she's floating in this like internal pool with like all of these optic nerves. And she has this beautiful, like, very serene moment. And then all these rats come flooding in after her and just, like, Brutal. eat Starro from the inside out. <laughs> yeah. And then she's swimming in, like, blood eye water, but it's Harley, so she's, like, still having a pretty good time. Well, that's what? the thing. is She's holding the staff for the entire film to it's a javelin. Out, stab him. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's stick Kyle with a sharp end. Yeah, his name wasn't Staff, Kyle. His name well, was he Javelin. Staff for a reason. <laughs> it isn't Staff, it's a javelin. Exactly. That's why he didn't give it to me. Um, but yeah, she, she stabs him in the eye and is like floating in there. And then that's it. Does nothing else with the thing. And like, there was no reason for her to actually have that that thing because the rat still got inside. It, it got her. It got her through though. And when she was in there, yeah. you can tell she's like, "I like this. I just want to chill for a moment." Exactly. Like she had nothing to to do beyond just like, "Huh, this is nice. I like this." I this feel like, like it pool. was her actively <laughs> choosing to not do anything. Like she's like, "Nah." I'm not going to do it anymore. Like the narrative didn't take action away from her. She chose to decline action. That's that's fine. Yeah. I'll I'll ex accept that. Yeah. Also, the, the rats eat Starro. What's the name out. of uh, Ratcatcher 2's friend rat? Sebastian? Sebastian, yes. Yeah, shout out to Sebastian. He was great the whole movie. Every time what he a how he saved the Avengers, yeah. right? <laughs> amazing. 
saved ah. Ant Man, got him out, which led him. To- oh, okay, Wonderful. I got it. Now. I got it. Now. I got it. Now. <laughs> saved no. Gusto's restaurant. All the mini yeah. powers. All the the mini deeds mm-hmm. of rats. Yeah, I know. But yeah. seriously, I love Sebastian in the home in the movie. Every time, uh, is that red Fashion waving at me? Why is that <laughs> red waving at me? Well, I think he just was waving. Sebastian was amazing. Um, but yeah, they they end up beating Starro. That's kind of it. The 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 t- t- not not a twist, but st- 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 Starro has one final line, yeah, uh, which just kind of reminds you that the whole thing is a tragedy. Um, that that st- Starro speaks through one of the mind controlled people and is like, "I was happy, just floating out in the stars. Like I'm I'm a victim here." Um, yeah and, and and you're just like oh yeah you're right like this sucks for you like you just got murdered on on on, on earth for nothing for existing mm-hmm. um so yeah that that was uh it's a little uh, gut <laughs> gut punch there at the end which i thought was a nice touch um yes i i, I do have to go back to the uh polka dot man death saying there uh because again that's one of my favorite scenes him screaming out like i'm a superhero i didn't like that i didn't like that i because it was when it it was so obvious because of the shot and him screaming i'm a hero here i'm like he's gonna die he's gonna die right now sure yeah (laughs) it it was very telegraph i agree agree with you on that but i think that is kind of more of an inside joke uh because he's in a lot of the dc comics hobbies and he often plays a bad guy or just like someone who's like a henchman or stuff yeah like he like he's in a a lot of these but he's not really played like a big name character so for him to then be in in this and have that moment where he's just like i'm a superhero it's like okay cool good for you dude um but yeah that that kind of wraps up the main film though uh, there are two post-credit scenes. We have kind of mentioned them. The first is immediately uh, right after the end title card, uh, and we go back to that initial beach, uh, on, in in which we see Weasel dead, but then he's not dead. He starts coughing up some water uh, and rises back up, and then like waddles off into the yeah. jungle. We don't know what he's going to do there. Uh, I did see someone point out that when we first meet him, there is a joke about him potentially being a werewolf. And they're just like, Ah! no, he's not a werewolf. But in this end credit scene, when he rises, it's a full moon in the back. Ah. If if you notice there. So who who knows if that was purposeful or not. But uh Weasel is still alive. Weasel, all the motion cap and all that stuff was played by James Gunn. Or no, by Sean, Sean Gunn, Gunn, right? Yeah. Sean Gunn. Which we also see Sean Gunn in the name. movie. As Calendar Man. As Calendar Man, yeah. Um, excellent. Excellent stuff with that. Yeah, I, 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 I loved his little awkward, oh like, huddled. What a physical waddle. performance. It was, it was great. <laughs> um, 
And then the se- second end credits scene, Melissa, I think you were the one that mentioned it, is that yeah. we do see Peacemaker in the hospital and then two of uh, Amanda Waller's crew, I'm assuming now not members of the crew considering yeah. the mutiny, um, that they right. they need Peacemaker to go save the world, which is the introduction to his HBO Max show they, that is coming down the road. Those actors are, actors are apparently confirmed to be in Peacemaker's mm. show. Yeah, they, they will be in the show as well. Uh, so yeah. I I loved this. I thought this was great. I I thought this was. I'm I'm glad it was rated R. I, I yeah. Think you can't really do Suicide Squad how you probably should without it being mm-hmm. rated R. Um, I thought it was hilarious. I thought yeah, it was shot incredibly well. The music was phenomenal. Um. And not as much of like a specific theme behind the music. It was a little more scattered than what you see on yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, which I liked, um, but still just as effective. Uh, mm-hmm. so, great, great stuff. Yeah, I liked the score for this movie a lot. I. Whenever the score started up, I thought it was just a song I wasn't familiar with. I'm like, oh no, that's the score. It's a yeah. T- it sounds like songs. This is a very abstract thing for me to say. I don't know anything about music. But this is a score <laughs> that really stuck out to me. And uh the song that played over the original like DC Comic Con at home promo from last year, that song mm-hmm. plays over the end credits of this movie. And I was happy to see that that little bit of continuity. There you go. Indeed. I, I think so. I, I mentioned at the start that I feel like I wanted more death. Mm. I, I think for me, having the inclusion of characters like Calendar Man, who makes a cameo <laughs> uh, behind him, was doubled down, I think was the character's name, who can like rip off his skin and they're playing cards and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Toss them. Uh, and then there was the girl, I don't remember her name, in Lock Kaleidoscope? Like, the, the, yeah, her. Uh, she looked like she had like a stained glass yeah. kind of look to her. Like, I, I to me I was hoping for more so an inclusion of those characters and they would be there and they would also die mm. just these like r- random obscure characters that you don't really know much about um cuz I I feel I feel like the fact that they weren't really involved except to just make a cameo in the back around was like well, why do we need them then like, well, why can't that, that just be a normal person or or, ju- or just like you uh, don't need to make to- him as like, oh, that's Calendar Man or oh, she must have some weird power or something. I don't know. To me, I, when I watched it, I had no idea that that was Calendar Man and I couldn't remember seeing any kaleidoscope or whoever. To me, it was just some random inmate there. And so knowing that it is, it was Calendar Man, it is people with names. It, to me, it feels more like an Easter egg than anything. Mm. Yeah, that's what they're meant to, to, to be. But I think that's also Suicide Squad's bread and butter is also 
villains you either don't really know or yeah. don't care about, right? And it's like, oh, we can kill them off. Mm-hmm. Oh, the way, there's know. time left for Calendar Man to live and die. <laughs> yeah. I think my only qualm with the movie, I, I didn't find this whole, um, like, Cordo Maltese rebellion angle with, like, all the, the, the freedom fighters in the jungle. I didn't find it very exciting, but the leader of that group was Alice Braga, who was in uh, The New Mutants, which I know wasn't a film that people widely enjoy, but I really liked her performance in that. She was also a voice in Soul, and I was really taken by her voice performance in this. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm happy to see her again. I've liked Uh... her in all the things I've seen her in. And she, and she really doesn't get much to do. Like, I don't care about that yeah. storyline too much, but I would have liked just Alice Braga slightly more often. Uh, I, okay. Yeah, I think that the, the full inclusion was unnecessary. And yeah. Funny enough, you talking about her voice, I didn't like whenever she talked because it's one of the my problems with movies is that she doesn't speak uh, Spanish. I can mm-hmm. tell that she doesn't speak. or She knows Spanish, but it isn't her first language, so. I could tell that. Good stuff. Ignacio, did did you have uh, stuff that you maybe did not like about the film? Uh, No, I I think I I said everything that I thought that I didn't like. I don't think there is one general thing that I didn't like. The one that gets closer is that the whole Freedom Fighter thing is unnecessary, but still it, it didn't bother me. So, I don't know that. I don't know small things that I mentioned, but overall, I, it is a very solid movie for me. I agree. I thought this was amazing. Uh, cannot wait for the sequel, which I'm sure is inevitable. Uh, yeah, be wonderful. So, who knows? Hopefully. Yeah, who knows what's coming down the line after uh, Peacemaker? Then over in the Marvel side, Guardians Three. And then the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Yep. Yep. Indeed. Never forget about that on the horizon. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, well, yeah. I mean, if you've made it this far and you still haven't ch- checked it out, go see this movie. Go watch it. It's great. I highly recommend it. Uh, but I think that will kind of about wrap us up for, mm-hmm. for our spoiler cast on Suicide Squad. Melissa, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kids shows you feel like only you remember. There you go. And Ignacio, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at IgnacioRojasB. That's I-G-N-A-C-I-O-R-O-J-A-S-B. And if you guys want to stay up to date with me, I'm at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter. If you guys want to follow all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. So go like, share, subscribe. You guys know the deal. Uh, go do all of that stuff. But that wraps us up for episode 40 of The Reactor Core. Uh, we will be back very soon. Uh, tomorrow, Marvel's What If debuts. Oh. Uh, so yes. we are g- g- going to be recording uh, a reaction to all of that stuff. Uh, and we will be doing that every Wednesday that it comes out. So be on the lookout for all of that stuff. We will see you then. Bye.
Bye. Bye.